Good morning. Thank you, Brother Tim. I appreciate that. This morning, actually, I just want to say this sermon that I've been working on really touched me in ways I didn't anticipate. Um, but this morning, I want to ask you a simple question, first of all. How many of you had black and white TVs when you were growing up? I see a few hands. How many don't know what a black, or have never seen a black and white TV? Oh, there's hands up on that too. Man, that makes me feel old. Well, back in the 1960s, and I know some of you guys will remember this, there was a program called Batman and Robin. I loved that program, the dynamic duo. David, do you remember that program? Too young, okay. Well, it was Batman and Robin. They fought crime, the Riddler, the Joker, all of the evil criminals. And when they would fight across the screen, it would go zam, boom, zap. Uh, it was kind of corny, but as a little uh, elementary kid, I thought that was pretty cool. That was my first exposure to a cool, dynamic duo. You probably heard of others. I'll make it a little more relative, maybe, uh, to the, the current. Uh, Bert and Ernie, you guys know who Bert and Ernie is. You know Sesame Street. Um, for your historians, Lewis and Clark. Um, biblically, Adam and Eve, you know. But you probably know something about each one of those duos, but there's one today that we're going to talk about that Tim read from the scriptures in um, Acts, Aquila and Priscilla. Now, for me... I really couldn't speak much about them from a memory standpoint. I've studied them before, but I don't always retain what I study. But this week, God spoke to me about Aquila and Priscilla. We've been doing a biblical character uh, study of uh, what it is to be a, a godly man or a godly woman. We've gone through different uh, men and women that we've studied. Today is the first study that we have a couple that we're going to study so I'm really excited to dive into God's Word and see what God has for us to learn from these two lives. Priscilla is a Latin name meaning venerable or ancient. I don't think that's very becoming. I don't think I'd want to call anybody ancient, uh, especially women. I don't think they'd appreciate that. Aquila is a Latin name meaning eagle. That's kind of manly. That's cool. Aquila. Uh, they're perhaps the only godly couple that we're given account of in the New Testament they're mentioned uh, six times in four different books of the Bible, and they're always named as a couple. They're always Aquila and Priscilla. You don't hear about them separately. The Apostle Paul talks about the incredible impact this married couple had. Every time they're mentioned, they're always mentioned together, and we're going to look at their life and pull out three qualities this morning that um, will help us to see what a marriage on a mission is. The thing that's encouraging about these three qualities, we're going to talk about a marriage, but this applies to your life, a life of mission. What does that look like for us? And these three qualities, I think, will speak to us. Uh, Brother Tim read uh, the text from Acts 18, and I really appreciate that, Tim. I know that was long. There's a lot of activity going there. Paul didn't let the dust settle anywhere. Paul was a mover and a shaker. He was always going. Um, inside of the book of Acts, it's a story of the early church. Acts is. The first half of the book is about the starting in the church, and um, Dr. Luke, who commentators believe wrote the book of Acts, goes around and essentially documents everything in the early days. The second half is Luke following the Apostle Paul around and documenting his work among the churches. Paul was the apostle formerly known as Saul, and we've touched on this the last few weeks or in the past several weeks. 
that he was not such a nice guy as uh, he would kill Christians. He was searching them out on a mission. So Paul was somebody that when he was converted, God got a hold of his life, but it's somebody you might be a little leery of. I'm like, I don't know if I want to be friends with this guy. He just killed that Christian over there. So he's a little bit different. Well, Paul converts to Christianity and says, I'm going to change the world for the cause of Christ. So Luke follows him around. And think about it, if you will, like he was a cameraman for Paul. He would follow him around wherever he was going, whatever church, whatever activity. There was Luke in the background uh, paying attention to what was going on. And this week, Paul is going to show up, and uh, Luke's going to take his camera with him as we study today. Uh, we're going to show up in the city of Corinth. And we're going, to, he, we're going to see where he begins to minister to those folks in Corinth. And we're going to meet this power couple named Aquila and Priscilla. But before we do that, let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful that we can be together this morning. I'm thankful for your written word, Lord. It never is dull. It always speaks. It's living and breathing, and it convicts my heart. It draws people to you, Lord, and I'm thankful for that this morning. As we uh, allocate this time, Lord, speak to us, Father. Um, have us hear what you want us to hear, Lord, and may we just apply it to our hearts and lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Corinth was a really dark, dark city, almost like a Gotham city. And the Apostle Paul shows up, and the power couple, um, the light begins to break open in that dark city through Paul and his ministry, and uh, he meets um, Aquila and Priscilla. Acts uh, 18.1, after this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and there he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius, who had recently come from Italy with his wife, Priscilla, because, because Claudius, and that was the emperor of the Roman import, Empire, had ordered all of them to leave. Leave your land. You know, as I read that, to be told that I had, was kicked out of a land because of my faith, um, that's really startling. He, Paul meets this couple, and they have the same trade. So they, you know, they have pretty good shop talk going. They're of the same faith. They just got kicked out of the hometown for having a Christian faith. They moved to Corinth, and they're trying to unpack their boxes and meet the leader of the movement of the Christian faith, which was Paul. They don't say, oh, man, we just got kicked out of our home for being Christians. This guy is all about instigating things at Paul. Uh, they don't do that. Let's not have him into our home you know what they do? They welcome him into their home, and they provide for him. They allow him to live with them. We're told for the next year and a half, and eventually they just say, hey, don't worry about making tents. We're going to cover it for you. You just focus on going out and teaching and preaching in the city of Corinth. For a year and a half, every day, Paul gets up. He's living with Aquila and Priscilla, and they're having their coffee together, and he goes out, and they make tents and, and spends a day sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, sharing his faith inside of the city of Corinth that was so dark. Well, it's the only time that we're told Paul spends a significant time in Corinth. It's through this, as you see, if you read the next few verses, that Paul goes out and says, many people become saved. Many people become, become saved because of Paul, day after day, just hanging out in Corinth, sharing his faith only able to do so because of the hospitality of Aquila and Priscilla. So there's our first quality. They were hospitable. What's it mean to be hospitable? Well, in your mind, sometimes I would conjure up things. Now, if I was thinking about my mom and being hospitable, hospitable that means the house is spotless clean, that there was good food on the stove, and everybody 
watch their P's and Q's when you had visitors over. Part of that was probably true. But to be hospitable means you welcome strangers into your home. You welcome and be friendly with them. So Aquila and Priscilla, they were willing to open up their home. They say, we don't have much we can offer you, Paul, but you're welcome to stay with us. Think about how significant that was. I mean, we can minimize it, but really think about it. It doesn't seem like a big deal just to open up your home. But the ripples of that simple act of hospitality are still being felt today. Think of it. If Paul doesn't have the ability to go, the Corinthian church may not be born, and the Corinthian church may not be what it became. Came. In other words, if you've ever been ministered to by the letters of 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, you have a direct connection today to Aquila and Priscilla. Whatever we have going to offer up to the mission of reaching people for the cause of Christ, it's going to mean a sacrifice at times. You may look and go, that's kind of nice, and they opened up their home, that's cool. What we know about this couple is not just a single act, it's not a one-time deal that they did this. Scripture tells that they did it over and over and over, wherever they went they were hospitable. Priscilla and Aquila are mentioned six times inside the New Testament. Almost every time he writes something about related to their home. The other times we're told he writes that eventually the couple moves to Ephesus, and what do they do? They set up shop again, and they have their home there. They open up their home. 1 Corinthians 16, 19 says, Paul writing, The churches in the province of Asia send you greetings. Aquila and Priscilla, there's those names, greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets at their house in Ephesus. So they moved to Ephesus. The Ephesian church is impacted, initiated, launched from the home of this couple. They're just always opening up their home. They would eventually move back to Rome, and Paul writes to the Romans um, in Romans 16 and says it again, Priscilla and Aquila move back to Rome. What do they do? Of course, the Roman church is going to meet in their house if they're going to meet anywhere. In Romans 16.3, Paul writes to the Romans and says, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risk their lives, in some versions, they risk their necks for me. Wow. Not only are they hospitable, they really they stick up for him. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them, being Aquila and Priscilla. Greet also the church that meets at their house. They are always open in their house for ministry. One of the greatest qualities we can see and one of the most significant ways you, your marriage may be on a mission is the way you open up your home for ministry. Many times we're prone to think hospitality is hosts and parties, but the definition, again, is that you care for strangers and guests inside of your home. Priscilla and Quilla were couples that opened up their home. Not only that, they also wanted to welcome them into their family and let them see firsthand what a godly family looked like, day in, day out, how they approached life. I know of Christian families around here locally, and I have friends and even family that uh, bring foster children into their home. They're Christians, and they bring foster children into their home. And who knows what those foster children, as they live with a godly family, what that, how that might impact their lives. 
It could impact it greatly. Who knows there could be an evangelist in that one of those children. There may be a Sunday school teacher. There may be a missionary. We never know how God's going to use our obedience. Acts 18.18 says, Paul stayed on in Corinth for some time. You see, during that time in verses 11 through 17 that Paul goes out, he's preaching. Many people get saved, and the leader of the synagogue gets saved. And eventually Paul says, I think we should leave. Scripture says, Then he left the brothers and sisters and sailed for Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. Before he sailed, he had his hair cut off at Syncreae because of a vow he had taken. So Paul gets a haircut. He gets that quarantine haircut. Verse 19, they arrived at Ephesus, where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they, being the church, asked him to spend more time with them, he declined. But as he left, he promised, I will come back if it's God's will. Then he set sail from Ephesus. Paul shows up and he says, you know what, guys, I think we should move. I think you should come with me and we're going to head to Ephesus. Then we're told Paul doesn't really even stay long enough. He gets there and says, I think it's time for me to go again. I'm going to leave you guys here, Priscilla and Aquila. Don't put up any type of contest at all. They don't argue. They don't make excuses. You know what they do? They say, hey, we're willing to go. We're going to go with you, Paul. That's the second quality. They were willing to go. A mission of a life or a marriage If you're willing to go, you're willing to follow Christ wherever he's going to take you. Think about it. Now, honestly, if I was Priscilla and Aquila, I could justify every reason not to go Ephesus. You know, I could say, well, you know, we've only been here a year and a half. The schools are really good. The kids like it. Um, Gosh, we like our house. We just got the living room painted. Um, You know, oh, you know, money's not really good right now. We don't have the money to move. None of that affected their decision. If you're Priscilla and Aquila, you're going to say, we're going to go with you. Whatever the cause of Christ is, we're there to go with you. I'm going to leap off the pages for a little bit. I've never been asked by God to go to another land or to another country, but I thought about something this week, and I feel like I'm supposed to share it. It's a little humorous, but um, 40 years ago, I was 18 years old, and um, I was working in retail. Um, and many of you will get amused at this, but I was a shoe salesman, like Al Bundy, I guess, but I was a shoe salesman. I just got out of high school. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, and I got a promotion. I'm like, oh my gosh, they want me to be a manager. They want me to move to Madison, Indiana, to be a ma- have my own store. I was excited about it. I really was. I forgot to tell you, I was engaged to Julie, too. So we were engaged. Our life was going to start in Madison, Indiana. So I remember in May, we loaded up the truck and moved me to Madison. It was, it was a neat experience. I was excited, had my own place, going to work. Downtown Madison, beautiful. I love Madison. I remember the third day of work, the regional manager showed up. The regional manager, I remember his name, was Mr. Rosmus. And I hate to say this, but I was scared to death of that guy. He was my boss's boss, so I was scared of him. Big guy, burly. He'd been a football player. He rode a motorcycle. He was a college wrestler. He was, he was really just a kind of an intimidating kind of guy. And when he walked, he had a little bit of a squeak. 
And one day I remember asking Mr. Rosmussen, Mr. Rosmus, I said, you surely didn't buy those shoes here because they squeak. And he looked at me unamused and said, I have a prosthetic leg. And that's been 40 years ago, and now we have something in common. I have one too, so I know what the squeak's all about. <laughs> Mr. Rosmus is dead now, or I would have tried to connect with him this week. Um, Mr. Rosmus, on my third day in Madison, said, Robertson, we need to go back to the alley. I need to talk to you a little bit. So, you know, I was scared to death. Mr. Rosmus took me back to the alley. He says, you need to lean against that wall. I got something to tell you. So I lean against the wall. He says, uh, we're closing this store up in three weeks, and you're moving. I'm thinking, uh, I'm so scared of him. I'm going to pretend like I'm happy, but I'm not. We moved in about a month and a half to Terre Haute, Indiana. Was I willing? On the inside, no. But again, I was so scared of him, I said yes, and I loaded up the truck and moved. So that was the only thing I could relate to, having been uprooted and moved. I did a pretty good job of it. If I wasn't afraid of Mr. Rosmus, I'm not sure I would have. That's my story for you. Aquila and Priscilla say, hey, if you need someone to go, we're willing to go. I want to be that way. I want to be that person. You know, I don't want to make excuses. Um, you know, we can make excuses. We can say we have physical restrictions, we, you know, financial whatever. I just want to be that type of person that says, I'll go where you want me to go, God. I'll go to Madison. I'll go to Terre Haute. Uh, I'll go wherever. Here's what happens in verse 24. It says, so Paul takes off. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus where Priscilla and Aquila were. Scripture says he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew the baptism of John. Okay, Luke tells us this guy, Apollo, shows up on the scene. He's intelligent. He's a good speaker. But he's not the teaching all on spot because he'd only heard the teaching of John, and John was what? He came to prepare the way of Jesus. He was teaching repentance. So he was, Apollos was preaching repent, 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 because, and turn from your sin, God's going to bring someone. Well, he didn't realize that someone had come, Jesus. So what do Aquila and Priscilla do? They don't beat him up. They don't say, you know what, you don't know what you're talking about. They bring him into their home. They bring him into their home. They discipled him. You know, um, the beautiful thing about that is, when we follow Christ, we're going to encounter people that aren't where we are. And rather than criticize them for their immaturity in Christ, bring them into your home. Bring them close to you. Let them see what Jesus is. Take them into the Word. I'm, I'm so grateful uh, for the people that have taken me under their, under their arm and taught me the scripture and showed me how to live for Christ through the years. Aquila and Priscilla made disciples. What is a marriage on mission? They're hospitable, they're willing to use their home for ministry, and they have a posture of, God, whatever I have, will you use it for the sake of the mission? Well, you use it for the cause of reaching people who are lost and going to go spend eternity in hell. They're willing to raise their hand and say, I'm, I'm available. 
The third quality they focused on was making disciples. They poured into Apollos what had been poured into them. I think that's awesome, and we can't minimize that. Here's what's crazy about it. Apollos would soon leave, we're told, and begin to head up the Corinthian church. In other words, Apollos had become an incredible force for the gospel, so much so that Paul writes about him in 1 Corinthians 3, and he says things about him that some of the people are saying, well, I'm an Apollos person. I'm, you know, I learned under Apollos, and some of them go, I learned under Paul, and Paul says, follow Jesus. Apollos was so gifted and such a force for the cause of Christ, he became one of the most significant leaders in the early church, all which would not have been possible had Aquila and Priscilla not said, we're going to focus on making disciples. They had no idea what was in their midst. No idea. They had no idea of the story God was going to write through this man and they, that they welcomed him in their home and passed on the teachings of Jesus, passing on what had been poured into them through the Apostle Paul. Sean, if you would, I'd like for you to put a picture on the screen this morning. That little lady up there, you probably don't know who she is. Her name's Henrietta. Henrietta Mears was a Sunday school teacher in California for decades. She was faithful, week in, week out. She went in if she had a headache on Sunday. She had company coming over on Sunday. She went ahead and she went and taught Sunday school. She led the Sunday school class. In the midst of this Sunday school class, God would send people through her, men through her, that she had no, no idea who she was instructing, just like Priscilla and Aquila. What I mean by that is some of the students she led included Billy Graham, who would go on to reach the ministry for millions. Bill Bright, who started Campus Crusade. She led Bill Bright and his wife to Christ. He started Campus Crusade all over the country. Uh, and 99 point, almost 100% of the world has Campus Crusade. These two men would have a profound impact, sat through and sat weekend under the teaching of this little lady right here. Think about the impact. She had no idea what she was doing. She was just focused on making disciples. That's all she was focused on. And how many have known Henrietta? Anybody here ever heard of her? I think that's cool. Henrietta Mears, a quote that I want to share with you. Her quote is, you teach a little by what you say. You learn most by who you are. That's discipling. She, according to Billy Graham, was one of the most significant influences in his life, all through just faithful focus on making disciples. I'm going to live a life on mission, have a marriage on mission, and do what Priscilla and Aquila did, which is to say this life is not about me. I'm going to focus on how I can Make disciples. I don't care if I'm going to be famous. I don't care if I'm going to be known by anyone. I'm going to do it because Christ has called me. Priscilla and Aquila, this couple, most people never hear about, transformed this old world by being on a marriage with a mission, being hospitable, willing to go, and they were focused on making disciples. We're told as the time on earth for Paul ends, and this is, I got to be honest with you, 
when I read this, I was all by myself this week, so I don't even have to tell this, but little tears started streaming down my face when I read this this week. Paul knew this couple, walked with this couple, and he wrote these letters, and his last letter was in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He mentions this couple again. Now, keep in mind, Paul knew he was going to be executed here soon. He's literally days, maybe months, from being killed. He writes to Timothy and gives all these instructions. He says, hey, will you do this? Take care of this for me. They're the last words he's ever going to hear from this incredible man, Paul, to Timothy. He says, will you do this one last thing? Will you greet Priscilla and Aquila? Decades after they first met, they were still faithful. Think of all the people, if you've read the Bible, who fall away. And Paul says in 2 Timothy 4.19, Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-laborers and workers in the gospel, who after decades were still faithful, still making disciples, still leading the church in Ephesus in their home, and leading with Timothy. Church, when we don't get distracted about the things that are around us, when we commit individually to um, as a church to work through conflict well and quickly, when we commit to loving and caring for one another, when we retain our gaze on Jesus and his mission, we'll be forever blessed and amazed at what God has done. I want to remind you what the Great Commission is. It's in Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of age. How can we not do these things? There's too much at stake if we don't. We live in a world where we are the only means by which some people will ever know God. Whoever trusts in what Christ did for them, dying for their sin in their place, and that he rose from the dead, they're going to have eternal life, and no one will go to heaven without knowing these things. Are we going to allow our marriage to be on a mission, our life to be on a mission? The couples and individuals that succeed most in life are the ones who allow the mission of Christ to encapsulate them, to capture their hearts, their minds, and to transform everything for eternity. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I'm, I'm thankful for the likes of an Aquila and Priscilla, Lord, that I'm thrilled that you saw fit to put it in your, your word, Lord, that it's so powerful, Father, that two people we don't know really a lot about, Father, were so obedient that it allowed us to hear. You used them mightily, Father, and I pray as a body of believers here at St. Louis Crossing, Lord, that you'll just speak to our hearts and whoever might be listening today, Lord, that it's just about opening our houses, being hospitable, uh, being willing to do whatever you call us to do, and uh, being willing to go. Lord, um, I thank you for this time we've had with you, Lord, and I just pray your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's stand.